Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jared Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. The Buffalo Bills getting Mitchell Trubisky. How about that? That's Very what's in right now. Just happening right now. Tornado watch in effect until 6 o'clock to St. John's and Putnam County's as well. We're going to keep an eye on the weather. The weather's uh, pretty nasty. Honestly, didn't even see this. Maybe I just didn't pay attention last night when I was on TV. <laughs> because I'm sure the first alert weather team was all over it. Uh, I feel like with this big one coming, you have to be. Uh, but uh, I just it's been so nice. I just kind of got in the rhythm of it's just always going to be nice. We're yeah. in Florida, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been that good out for the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, minus the pollen, and you'll hear the pollen in my voice uh, today. Rough day. Uh, with the pollen over the last 24 hours for me, uh, but uh, and for many of you probably just the same. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, introduction to the Jacksonville Jaguars' newest player, Shaquille Griffin, Rayshon Jenkins. Those guys were fun, brought a lot of energy. How about that? How pretty? How cool is it that they played like Little League and Pop Warner and stuff uh, when they were six and seven years old? They played together. Yeah, it's Shaquille it's Griffin, Shaquille Griffin, Rayshon Jenkins. I mean. And now here they are in Jacksonville, back in the state of Florida, playing in the NFL, signing big deals for Shaquille Griffin and, and Rayshon Jenkins. I mean, that's pretty good stuff. That's kind of fun. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a small world. And, you know, some players, they think of going back home in two ways. Some don't like it because it can kind of provide a distraction a little bit. I think that if you're young coming out of college, getting ready to be drafted, I found myself in a situation where Green Bay was interested in me. And I'll be honest, I mean, yeah, it would be great to play for the Packers, but I was a little hesitant because I kind of wanted to get out of, you know, the the hometown of Wisconsin and away from all the distractions of people asking me for tickets and all that stuff. So I didn't really embrace wanting to play back home. Now, I think as I get older, uh, you know, on and on in my career and I got further on, then I kind of appreciate it a little more. Maybe this is what happened with Griffin, at least, where it's like, hey, you know, you went to Seattle, you had some success there, you just got paid top dollar to play the cornerback position, and now you're at the point in your life where, you know, maturity is obviously a thing, but you can feel good about coming back home and not be affected by the distractions. You know, I think to shed some light on that, I think Jenkins, uh, during his time with the media today, basically said, hey, I, I had to grow up a little bit. I had to learn to be a pro. That's why he did. He played more special teams early on, he said, and, and then uh, settled into that safety position. But I think that's natural like that happens like how do you be a pro and and is it being home the best place to do that is it going away is sometimes going away a big challenge i mean everybody handles that stuff different i mean think about who you know if you yourself went to college if it was home if it was away first time you were away i mean these guys are normal people when it comes to that yeah i i found it interesting though when asked about what kind of sales job it was to get them here people let's be very honest and frank it's all about the Benjamins, as they say. Mm. <laughs> Who says that anymore? Nobody. Yeah, you're right, though. You're good. Uh, yeah, it is all about the Benjamins. I mean, it doesn't matter what Urban Meyer is selling you. You have an ability to play as long as there's no major turnoff, plus the ability to come home, and the dollars were where they needed to be. That's what this is about. That's what free agency is about for these guys, unless you're talking about just some odd circumstance uh, or or a super veteran player that wants to join a team yeah. uh, to go win a title. I mean, Kyle Long, he signs with, comes Kansas out City. of retirement, signed with Kansas City. That's different, okay? There are some situations like that. But these are young players that have earned the ability to hit the big dollar. 
Yeah. And the big almighty dollar wins the day. And on top of that, they're able to come back home here and help turn around a franchise. That's all good stuff. But it doesn't really take much of a sales pitch outside of, hey, $44 million potentially. Boom. It's the best offer. And come on down to Jacksonville. That's enough of a sales pitch. Yeah. And I, I thought there wasn't anything. They respect Urban Meyer. They like what they're doing. They think this is going to change around. They think they can be a part of that. All that stuff. But just let's not be fooled by it. I mean, it's still a dollars game when it comes to free agency, and money usually wins the day. And and that's the way it has been, and that's the way it usually always will be. Yeah, th- that's the way it usually is. I think that if you have comparable deals, then all of a sudden we talk about, you know, tradition, rosters, and things like that. But, you know, you, you offered Shaquille Griffin, uh, you know, a little over $40 million, like, that says something, especially coming from Seattle. And I get it. Seattle might be a little bit of a mess right now, right, that they have some bad optics. But it's still the Seattle Seahawks. They're still a favorite to win the division. They're still a favorite, you know, one of the favorites to go to the Super Bowl. So, like, you, you got to value that a little bit. But at the end of the day, if you're getting paid $40 million, man, well, then by all means, come on down. And if you're Rashawn Jenkins and you're making, I think it was like $35 million, well, then by all means, come on down. Like like we always say, Brent, sometimes not about the money, what the money says. And obviously the Jacksonville Jaguars are very interested in Shaquille Griffin and Rashawn Jenkins to offer them that much money. These are second contract guys, and there's a belief that it depends. This is wavered back and forth over the years. If you The more second contract kind of guys you can have, the, the a lot of that could lead to playoff teams. Mm-hmm. The wisdom of that, the still in the prime of their careers, the, all of that can come together and be very good. Uh, then in recent years, people said, well, I don't know. Look at the Baltimore Ravens. They're kind of letting people walk at that stage, and, and they're reshuffling. The league is getting younger. So it depends which philosophy you come from, but I think both have proven to be effective. Mm-hmm. The one thing I like about both these guys, and just on a Zoom call, you can tell, ton of energy. You mm-hmm. know, They've got plenty of reason to be happy. The bank account just swelled up, and it's going to be big. But they, they do seem like they're going to bring a lot of energy. And this is a team that was so young last year in, in many respects that you could kind of say didn't have a personality. You know, mm-hmm. you go back to 2017, you had a personality, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, from uh, even Jan to, to Jalen, of course, to uh, the Telvin Smiths of the world. You know, Calais, I think, even had his own personality and all that. They had a personality defensively, you kind of need a personality. What's this defense going to be? Are they going to have fun? Are they going to bring energy? I I think that is a part of it, and I could just tell from these two guys in the back end, they've got some energy to bring along the way. And that's exactly what you need. Um, You're coming into a situation right now where there wasn't a lot of energy because you won one game last year. So it's, it's hard to manufacture that energy from a place when you keep losing week in and week out. I mean, I don't care, you know, how self-motivated you are. Essentially, you get tired of losing. It's like, what am I doing here anymore? So when when you turn over a new leaf and you start from a new, um, and the plan is to win games, well, you're basically starting from square one again. And you want to start with square one because, once again, this is the Urban Meyer mold. And I know this is the Joe Cohen mode. You want to start with energy. Energy is contagious. Energy gets you up to go to work every single day and do your best job. So I like the fact that the press conference, both these guys seem like they had energy. Now, once again, if you're making $40 million or $35 million, I will show you energy. I will show you energy like you've never seen before (laughs) in a press conference. I will show you energy you've never seen before for $1 million. Heck, I I will go take my shirt off and run around town for 10 miles if I have to. Like, that's how much energy I would have. 
But at the same time, these are football players. They understand the game, and I think they fit that Urban Meyer mold, hence why they got so much money. And once you get, get Urban Meyer passing down the message to these high-energy guys, that's going to be contagious, and that's how you start to win games. Yeah, listen, I still like one of the big things that Urban Meyer is going to talk to the media tomorrow. I like the fact they got older. They got a little wiser, but they didn't get super old, you know, and, and this roster. And that's one of the things, uh, the underbelly of it that we've talked about now. I haven't heard a ton of people mention that, but again, they were super young. And now they've got this. It, it's so different than 13, 14, 15 when they built that thing and they tried to get talented guys, but they forgot about the age, the wisdom, uh, the veteran experience in that locker room to, to bring you through some of the tough times. And I don't think they're making that mistake again. Again, I, I'm not sure if that's Sean Con, Tony Con influence. I don't know if that's Urban Meyer, Trent Polky looking back and saying, hey, this is where you messed up. Because that was an admitted mistake by Dave Caldwell and, and Gus Bradley in that regime anyway. During that time, years later, said I probably should have kept some of those guys. So I, I like what they're doing here. It's funny you just brought up. Hard to have energy when you're one and 15. It reminds me so much. We have this conversation all the time in baseball and softball mm. and, and the, uh, you always hear it. We've heard it. It's, it's not just now that like my kids are playing, but even back in the day when I played and people be like, you guys have like no energy. You got no energy. <laughs> you know, and, and it's, you want to tell somebody like, Hey, it's one to nothing and we're getting one hit. Yeah. It's really hard to have energy when you don't have any hits and you don't have any runs. Sure. Right? You know, without and that. so like at the end of the game, when you lose like two to one and you have like two hits, like every parent's like, Man, I didn't think the guys had energy today. I mean you could tell they just weren't into it. Hey, like, how the hell are you supposed to have any energy when you don't have any hits or runs? Like that's where the energy comes from. Yeah. It's the same thing, like in, in sports, like your energy comes from winning. Like they say in, in baseball, hitting is contagious. Yeah. Well, good plays are contagious in the NFL, in the NBA. That's you make your energy that way. It's a hell of a lot easier to get excited about good things happening than get excited when nothing is happening. And uh, no, for sure. And I'm under the impression, too, that when we talk about the energy, like, listen, if you play in the NFL and it's Sunday and you're going to go out there in front of 70, 80, 90,000 people, like, you're going to have energy. You're going to be hyped up. doesn't matter if you have one win or you're undefeated. Like, you're going to find that energy there. But I'm also under the belief where you win those games in practice. And to me, practice is where you got to cultivate that energy. Because if you don't put the work in and then you go out there on Sunday expect to win, well, sometimes it doesn't happen. And especially this team right now, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who they're getting ta- more talented, but they're not to the levels of the Kansas City Chiefs and Tampa Bay Buccaneers quite yet. So that's where how you go about your business, how you work in practice is going to be your benefit. And that's where the energy most importantly comes in because you can't manufacture that. I mean, it's one thing if it's training camp, week one, week two, week three. But if, if we're the dog days of the season and you're in week nine, week ten, and you got two wins on that record, it's hard to go out there in full pads and say, let's go give 100%. That's when business decisions start getting yeah, made. Yeah. That, that's when it's like, oh, I got this little nagging injury right here. I might sit this one out for, you know, for practice, and, and I'll be okay for Sunday. You want to get rid of that mentality altogether because that's not how you win games, especially with this team right now who, once again, has to add a little more talent to be competitive with the playoff-caliber teams. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Hey, uh, Trubisky does get picked up by the Buffalo Bills, signs a deal with them. I just uh, tweeted out, and we're just on the heels of talking about Gardner Minshew yesterday, and and, uh, is there's some smoke there. Are there uh, teams interested? I still think it could be one of three things. I think it could be teams interested in his services. I think it could be the Jags trying to shop him around a little bit and see if there's anybody interested. And I think it could be his camp 
trying to shop around to see if, hey, can we get out of Jacksonville and get a better opportunity? So I don't know which one it's coming from, but it's certainly plausible it could be one of the three or, or all of the three or any of the three. Would Buffalo have been a good spot for him? Like, is that a good role? Josh Allen is is a known commodity now in Buffalo. Like, he's a star in Buffalo. Uh, uh, Trubisky, interest, interest, interestingly enough, with some of his success as the one-loss record shows, he's basically resigned himself to saying, I'm going to be a backup quarterback. Yeah, I think that's what that. Minshew is trying to avoid a little bit. Minshew's trying to see, all right, where a place well, – well, I don't know if this, by the way. If I was Minshew, I'd be trying to see where could a crack in the door happen, right? Yeah. Where could that open up a little bit? I could bust it through if I get an opportunity. Buffalo's not that place for Trubisky. It wouldn't have been that kind of place for Minshew, in my opinion. Uh, and much like Jacksonville, like Jacksonville's not a place where Gardner Minshew is going to be a starting quarterback for any amount of time other than injury to Trevor Lawrence uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're Minshew right now and you're trying to look at teams, there's not a lot of teams out there that where you have a chance to start day one. I think, and I talked about this yesterday a little bit, I think Denver gives you an opportunity yeah. just because of, of Drew Locke. But once again, I mean, who's to say Denver's satisfied right now with their quarterback room? Who's to say Denver doesn't really trade for somebody else or maybe get somebody in the draft possibly? So if I'm Minshew right now looking at it and – and that's, I guess, that's kind of the 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 whole thing about this situation with Gardner Minshew is, I think he wants to get out of here. I mean, I think that's obvious. You know, like I always say, where there's smoke, there's fire. The question is, how do you play this thing? Do you? And it's not up to him. It's up to the Jaguars, obviously. But like, do you wait until the draft is kind of set and you know who people are taking? You know, rosters are a little bit set, so then that way, you know, you can get maybe a higher demand for Minshew now that the rosters are set. Or do you do pre-draft and trade him away to maybe like a team like Denver and say, all right, well, you know, we're not sure what you guys have planned for the quarterback position. Minshew can be an intriguing backup at least, maybe a starter if you go with Drew Lock. So here you go. It just. To me, it's a timing thing right now, and I'm not sure which one's more beneficial, if you wait before the draft or after the draft. Yeah, and at the end of the day, I'm still wrestling in my mind. If I'm the Jags, I still think there's a value to Minshew being the backup quarterback here. He has experience. He can come in and be a pinch hitter when needed. And well, he's, he's only 24 he's, years old. He's too. 24 years old on yeah. a minimal salary, yeah. right? And so that's why not reap the benefits of drafting a quarterback that can be a reliable backup mm-hmm. and and have one of the better backups, in my opinion, in the NFL. Like, mm-hmm. why not reap those rewards? If I'm Minshew, I could see why I maybe would start pushing the envelope to see if I could get out of here. But again, if I'm the Jags, if now Mike Lennon goes and signs with the Giants, so that ship has sailed. They have Jake Luton. Uh, do you? Go get an Alex Smith or somebody else, but Ryan Fitzpatrick scooped up. I mean, there's only so many more places to go. Alex Smith probably going to test the same kind of waters that Gardner Minshew wants to test, potentially, to see if he has an opportunity to play rather than back up. I, if I'm the Jags, at this stage of it, I'm standing pat, and I am sticking with Gardner Minshew, and I like the situation I have with Gardner Minshew. I would say the one thing I don't know about Gardner, and ideally in a backup, is when you have a young quarterback coming in, you'd want that guy to mentor him, tutor him along a little bit, see if he can give him some NFL advice. I don't know if that's the position and timing for Gardner Minshew in his career mm. to really do that at, as well as, say, a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick could or Alex Smith could. You know, mm. uh, That's the one curiosity I have. But what I'm getting to here is how do you see this playing out? 
for the Jags. Do you think Alex Smith could be a possibility they pursue? Do you think there will be an active uh, pursuit to trade away Minshew? Or when we get to September, as it sits right now, do you think that Gardner Minshew is still on this roster? Uh, you threw a couple questions at me. I did. So, number one, do I think they're going to pursue Alex Smith? There's a relationship there, but you know how I feel about it. I, I think we're putting way too much um, investment into the fact of how much can Alex Smith truly help Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a great quarterback in the NFL. I think that when you compare him to Justin Herbert and you compare him to guys like Joe Burrow, um, those guys didn't have bona fide backup quarterbacks to help them out. They didn't really even have second-string quarterbacks to help them out. And Tyrod Taylor, I mean, I get it. Tyrod Taylor is could be a great teacher. But like I don't think Tyrod Taylor instilled all his values into Justin Herbert, and that's why Justin Herbert was the a you know was the rookie of the year this past season. I think Trevor Lawrence could be in the same boat. Where all right, if you get Alex Smith for the right price, obviously I'm not going to be upset with that. Alex Smith is a great guy. I've been said that many times, and he's a great teammate. But I'm not ready to live and die on the hill that says, well, we got to bring Alex Smith to bring Trevor Lawrence along because Trevor Lawrence needs it. I honestly don't think he does. As far as do you keep Gardner Minshew, do you trade him away? If you can get value for the trade, then I'm for it. I, I ask for a fourth. I mean, I was going to ask for a third-round pick. That's not really feasible in my opinion. But I'm going to ask for at least a fourth-round pick. If I can settle with a fifth-round pick, then so be it. But I have to get more value than what I brought him in at as, as a sixth-round pick, which I think is fair. I, th- I think it's more than fair for the quarterback position. The whole Josh Oliver trade, I'll be honest, last night kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit, um, and I didn't like it. That, that this is probably the first transaction. I mean, the, the Carlos Hyde thing's whatever. It's a couple million dollars. I'm not going to sleep about it. But the Josh Oliver one, I kind of, you know, I just don't have a, a good feeling about that Josh Oliver trade because what did you trade for him? Seventh-round pick, right? You and, gave him away. Yeah, you, you gave him away. And the issue with that is that you invested a third-round pick in him. Now, Balky didn't do that. Urban Meyer didn't invest a third-round pick. But nevertheless, you invested a third-round pick in him. And a seventh-round pick is nothing. Seventh-round picks sometimes only make a roster their first year. I much would rather just see Josh Al- uh, Josh Oliver play out and say, hey, is this going to be the guy or not? If not, then we can cut him and so be it. Like, you know, we'll, we'll bite that bullet. It's at a minimum contract. It's at a rookie third-round contract. It's no money. And the fact that you trade him away for a seventh-round pick, like, that to me hurts the value. And if I'm a GM, I'm all about the value. So if I'm a GM trying to trade Gardner Minshew, it's going to cost you a fourth, all right? Maybe I'll settle for a fifth, but I'm going to need a fourth. If it's value for Josh Oliver, I mean, man, it's going to cost more than a seventh-round pick yeah, in my opinion. I want to talk Josh Oliver a little bit coming up uh, as well because I didn't really love that move either. Be interested to see what Urban Meyer has to say about that tomorrow. Uh, sure, availability, I get the whole cliche saying, but uh, I'll get to my thoughts on Josh Oliver in a moment. I do think, as it sits right now, just to wrap up Gardner Minshew talk that a little bit left over from yesterday, now that we're seeing the Trubisky signing, this is what triggered this conversation again today. I think he's going to be on the roster of Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't think they're going to pay as much as maybe Alex Smith will command or Alex Smith will have more suitors. I, I tend to agree with you. We'll probably put too much about Listen, I, I brought this up months ago about yeah. Alex Smith. I like the idea of it. Like, I can see it. There's a lot that makes sense to me. And by the way, would be a reliable backup too. 
You know, so sure, it's yeah. okay just from a football standpoint. You're getting a good football player, mm-hmm. so that's important. You're not just bringing a guy in just to be like, hey, share your but, experience. Yeah, but, but it's obviously going to cost more. I mean, if Trevor, and once again, knocking all the wood, if Trevor Lawrence goes out week three, week four, and he's out for an extended period of time, I don't care who the backup quarterback is. Like, I don't expect them to come in and lead a playoff charge. No, but and, I, and he, even Alex Smith being said, no, but that's but I don't think you ever put it in those contexts. If you lose your quarterback for the season, you're probably not going to do well, right? Yeah. I mean, we know that. I always think you put it in the context of a four-game injury. Hmm. If you lose somebody for four games in the middle of the season, toward the end of the season, uh, do you? or what if you already have clinched a playoffs, much like Carson Wentz-Nick Foles' situation? Hmm. Do you feel good about something, at least, so you're not, like, losing this much? Absolutely. Trevor Lawrence is so different than any of those quarterbacks in the long term, probably. But... Next year, if he were to play and had to miss three or four games, do you feel good about an Alex Smith type? Yeah. Do you feel good about Gardner Mitchell? I do. And and what I always say, can you go 500 with that backup guy? That That's feasible. Like, that's a reasonable thing if you think you can go 500. If you can't run your offense with your backup guy, why is he on the roster? Like Jake Luton, I'd wonder if they could run their offense. Right. Yeah. Because we just haven't seen enough. We don't know enough. That was what was so peculiar about last year that they never went back to Minshew uh, because these other guys couldn't really function at, at a high level. I don't believe so. End of the end of the day, I think the dollars are probably going to be a little bit too lofty for Alex Smith. I think Gardner Minshew is going to be here. Uh, and uh, unless he really kind of throws a tantrum or something like that, and says, I really want out and pounds his fists about it. I think Gardner Minshew's going to be here, and I think the Jags are better for it financially, and they have a reliable backup. Again, I'll, I'll die on this hill. I, I think I think Minshew's a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he's elite. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's an upper echelon, but I think he's a starting caliber quarterback. You can win football games with Gardner. And so uh, I, I think he's going to be here when the, when the chips all fall. Uh, in, in the fall. Now, keep in mind, if you do want to make a move, even in the season, you can't. Like, if somebody goes down and they need quarterback help, well, then you could recoup some draft picks, and then you have Luton potentially yeah. as your backup quarterback. So it'll be interesting to watch uh, the Minshew front. And I think Alex Smith, to me, is the only other guy that, that kind of trumps him or, or would say, okay, I could see why you know they went in this direction. I don't even know if there's another backup out there that I'd be excited about. Now that Fitzpatrick's in Washington, yeah, no one's really. I mean, Trubisky wouldn't have got me excited anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, that part's interesting. All right, uh, you brought up Josh Oliver. I did want to get to that. Uh, Jags still sitting kind of where they're at in the tight end room, although they get rid of a tight end. I, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I mean, why did they do that? What's the logic behind that? Was it a bad move? And we'll hear from some of the Jags' new free agents, newest players. Talk today. We'll hear from them on the way. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN six ninety. Austin Lane. The beer that made Milwaukee famous. Giannis Adekempo, big sign, the deer that made Milwaukee famous. Brent Martineau. I can buy that. Yeah, okay. It's all, it's all I'm throwing out there. I can definitely buy that. Hashtag and trademark. So if somebody tries to steal it, I'm suing you. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Talk about a guy who's coming out of Central Florida and Orlando, and then he fly uh, across the country. <laughs> To the furthest place you can go, you know, it's different. And, uh, and it just feels it feels good. It feels right to be back in Florida. You know, I had a conversation with my mom earlier, you know, on the way here. She just asked me how I felt. And, you know, the only words I had was it, just, it feels right. It feels right. You know, taking it all in, you can see I, I like a little kid in the candy store for the first time. So, you know, it, it, I like that excitement. It feels great. And it makes you want to go even harder. I feel like I can get started right now if I needed to. You know, that's the type of excitement that I have. And, you know, it just feels good to be back home. 
That's awesome. That's Shaq Griffin, Shaquille Griffin, cornerback, and essentially the number one corner who gets to bring along C.J. Henderson, and maybe this becomes the dynamic duo here in Jacksonville again. I mean, they had it with Boye and Ramsey, and I don't think either one of those guys is Jalen Ramsey, okay? Let's not mistake it. Yeah. But I do think those guys could be A.J. Boye in his good year. Yeah. You know, Boye ends up up and down a little bit overall, but that year he was tremendous, and could they be – a rendition of A.J. Boye, and if you have two of those guys, that's still very, very good mm-hmm. uh, in the secondary. So uh, Shaquille Griffin, man, there's something about the the Griffins, <laughs> isn't there? Yeah. Uh, they, they are fun-loving, pretty down-to-earth guys. Shaquem, of course, his story is special. Who knows? Like he, They talked about a yeah. potential re- reunion well, with his brother. And it's funny because like, I, th- I feel like Shaquille got lost in the sauce a little bit until Shaquem came on the map. And then it's like, oh, they're brothers. Yeah. Oh, he's in Seattle. Okay, I get it now. But he's a fun guy, huh? I mean, how much do you like that signing for the Jags? Because keep in mind, that's the biggest signing they ha- they made. Yes. Like, they made a ton of moves, but his his dollars, that move, what it does to solidify a spot, that is, uh, that's their biggest move. It's the biggest free agent move they made. Mm-hmm. Do you uh, like it? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that anytime you can shore up your defense, um, you, can, you can add a, a starting caliber, a, a high caliber cornerback uh, to cover that one receiver. Um, I like it a lot. You know, I think that the productivity – and the hype of Shaq Griffin gets lost a little bit because last year Seattle's defense was bad. They were one of the worst in the NFL. And that's not the Seahawks' MO. That's not what you're accustomed to seeing. But I still think that Shaq Griffin played very well for them last year, even though he got lost in the sauce because, well, the defense wasn't that good. Yeah, I, I think he's a, I think he's a really good player. I, honestly, I didn't watch him like day in, day out. Mm-hmm. But I think he's a really good player. And I, I think... It's interesting. You say lost in the sauce. Shaquem Griffin's story is such a, a cool story, mm-hmm. right? And he he almost overshadows his brother. And in all due respect to both, Shaquille Griffin has had the better career, right? He's a, yeah. he's a, he's a more he's a he's a better player, I guess, as people would project. Yeah. Um, but the story, and rightfully so, of Shaquem Griffin is so good, and, and you can tell their relationship's pretty awesome. Uh, I remember, remember we had Sha- Shaquem Griffin on. Yeah, that was and, great. And uh, we hosted an you, event. Yeah, you hosted the... At Daly's Place, yeah. and uh, we talked about his brother and the success of that relationship, and it'd be pretty cool if they reunite here. But I just, I think there was some disappointment on Monday, uh, a lot of disappointment in Jacksonville, about the lack of movement and big splash play mm. that the Jags made. And then they made such a bevy of moves on Tuesday that I think almost the Shaquille Griffin move gets overlooked. But to me, it was the one that changed the narrative of how we feel about what the Jags are doing in free agency. It was their splash play. The Shaquille Griffin move was the splash play, and I liked it a lot. Yeah, I mean, to to me, you have to have at least one of those splash plays, right? And Shaquille Griffin is definitely that. Now, if Shaquille chooses to come here, well, then that's another storyline in itself, and it's it's only going to... Help in 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 the narrative and the optics. Now let's be honest. Will it help uh, translate to to wins on the field? That remains to be seen. But I do like the big splash guy. I I, I think that that had to happen. I understand you can't change this whole thing around with one dude, two dudes, or even three guys. It's just there there's still a lot of work to be put in here. But you got to start with these cornerstones. You you got to start with these new pillars. And to start with a pillar that plays the cornerback position. 
to start with a pillar, a leader that can help C.J. Henderson, and obviously you take some of that stress and that pressure off C.J. Henderson, I think that helps a little bit because, and I get it, injuries were a thing last year for C.J. Henderson, but there there was such high expectations on him. And it's not fair to say, but you're replacing Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, you're you're here because you need to be the next Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, that's what that not move fair. Said. Yeah, not fair, but that's the expectations put forth on him. Now we're not going to be asking him to be Jalen Ramsey. Can you be an AJ Boye type? Right? Can you be uh, just the best version of yourself? I'm just going to say. Um, can you cover the number two receiver? There's to me that's a little more reasonable right now for C.J. Henderson until he grows into that role. So it helps out the confidence of a of a second year guy coming in the league now as well. It does a lot for the team, Brent. I I think you're exactly. I think you nailed it. I mean, what it does for C.J. Henderson to help his career blossom and mm-hmm. grow without the expectation and pressure. I, honestly, I don't have a good feel for C.J. Henderson, man. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I, there's there's I've heard some things. Uh, you've seen the Twitter stuff that one little time. He got off to such a good start in that first game against Indianapolis. And he, he he showed back up later in the year about halfway through. I forget what game it was, but he had one of those kind of games again. Mm-hmm. And then he got hurt. And so depending on who you talk to, and it's mixed uh, and, and really probably shaded more toward the not so good than the good yeah. on C.J. Henderson from things that you hear. But – as I say that, I hesitate to give you a concrete opinion on him because I don't even know what all that even means. Like, is that just hearsay stuff? You know, is it? It's just because we didn't get a good enough glimpse of him. Yeah. Because he got hurt. Because they were one in fifteen. Because it was kind of odd. It was just the whole thing was a little weird. Because maybe people didn't love the pick overall and thought they were reaching right from the start mm-hmm. at number nine for C.J. Henderson. I don't know. I don't know how to characterize him. But the bottom line is I think the Shaquille Griffin move is going to really help him. Yeah. It'll, like you, you just said it. It'll take some of that pressure off. It'll take all the eyes at the microscope off him a little bit going into the second season. And hopefully we see a lot of growth. I would think – I would think a guy like Urban Meyer could really get the best out of C.J. Henderson. Yeah. And I'm not just – Tying the tea leaves of, of Florida here, okay? Mm-hmm. I just think that he can he can elevate him, you know, and maybe because of the ties of Florida, knows a little bit more about who he is, can find out about a little bit more about who he is, can tap into that. That's what Urban Meyer is very good at now. That's why yeah. he's got the record he had in the college game. Yeah. So I'm really interested to see the growth of C.J. Henderson. And let's be honest, this thing's going to turn around. The 12 picks they had last year, if you read my seven things to fix the Jaguars, one of the things was you better start hitting on your first-round picks. Mm-hmm. Well, he was the first-round pick last year. You can't whiff on Chase on and C.J. Henderson. They have got to be good players. If one of them doesn't have to be a great player, yeah. I don't know, but they have to be good players uh, for this thing to turn around because you can't keep whiffing in the first round. So I think C.J. Henderson's very important. I think you just nailed it. I, I think Shaquille Griffin does a lot for C.J. Henderson, and I think that could be a really good thing for the Jaguars' defense. And I think if I'm C.J. Henderson, I embrace this as well. Like, you know, there's definitely an ego uh, to any first-round pick, right? And I think there's even more of an ego to the cornerback position. Go ask Jalen Ramsey about that. But I think where, where C.J. Henderson sits right now, and he knows how he played better than anybody, right? And, and, and he know he knows what he contributed. But I think if you're C.J. Henderson and you see, oh, man, they're bringing in Chad Griffin, I don't think it's like, well, this guy's taking away my, you know, the, yeah, yeah. me being the, the, the one cornerback now. Like, I don't think that's like that at all. I think C.J. Henderson's like, all right, cool. Whew. 
Fantastic. Now we get some help from me. Now I can play my game. Fantastic. Let's so go like, get it. Yeah. So I, I have, and once again, I can't speak on behalf of him because I don't know C.J. Henderson. But I just think if I was in his, in his shoes, um, and, and the Shaq Griffin, you know, proposal transpired, I think I would embrace it and be happy about it. All right. Let's go to something you talked about in the first segment, and I want to get to before we uh, hit a break. Why did the Jaguars trade Josh Oliver? Yeah. Uh, this is uh, again. I, I tweeted this last night. I am not going to sit here for the next few minutes and go crazy about the Jaguars trading Josh Oliver. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what kind of player he is. But if you invested a third-round pick, and I understand it wasn't this regime that invested a third-round pick, but you, the team, the organization invested a third-round pick. And I've never been one of these guys that's like, oh, the guy's always hurt. I hate this guy. Like, fans get like that. Like, fans did that to Marquise Lee. Yeah. I felt bad for Marquise Lee. Like, he got hurt. He kept getting hurt. I mean, I don't, guys don't want to get hurt. You know, I mean, they just don't. I mean, yeah. so, and this is the case for Josh Oliver. But somebody saw him as a third round pick. What did they see? Like, what kind of talent did they see? Did they whiff that bad to get him in the third round? Did they force the pick? What did you see that made him a third round pick? Well, when I ask that question, I can't answer it with my eyes because I've never really seen the guy play. I mean, he's played like such a little amount of football here in Jacksonville, and he's been on the sideline. I said it in my tweet yesterday. Right now, for me, the way this tight end room sits, and it's been such a conversation piece around here, the tight end room, and they miss on Johnu Smith. They don't get Hunter Henry. Gerald Everett's gone. Heck, all these tight ends are being signed. Uh, We don't know what they're going to do to fill the room. And instead, the move they make is to exit a guy that might have potential. We just haven't seen it before. And so what I think is I'd rather see the unknown. Like, I'd rather see what Josh Oliver is, and by October say, all right, this guy's not any good, then wonder or watch Baltimore, see if they can turn him into something for a seventh-round pick. And quite frankly, I don't even care if they gave away a fifth-round pick. I'm not even sure I like this move because I think there's something untapped in Josh Oliver unless they know that, hey, Mm. this guy's never going to be available. He's always going to be hurt. He's always going to be – I don't know how you can know that. So – I, I just didn't like this. Uh, for a room that needs so much work, the unknown is better than what I know about the room, and I kind of like the unknown. Yeah, it, it, I just have a very uneasy feeling about the Josh Oliver move because, like you said, I mean, he the, the, the sample size, is it's N.A. right now. I, I don't even give him a, a grade yeah. because we haven't seen anything from, from, from Josh Oliver. Now, whether you hate the, when you get the incomplete uh, on report card? I mean, I, to be fair, I would have took an incomplete over some of the grades that I got. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hey, hey, it's an incomplete, but I'll complete it eventually. Don't worry about it. Get that D out of here. Um, No. So but with Josh Oliver, we haven't seen anything from him. And I don't know if Urban Meyer – because keep in mind, this is a brand-new coaching staff. A brand new regime. So you're coming in, and you have this guy named Josh Oliver, who was a former third-round pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You look at the stats, really nothing. Um, you you look at the film, really nothing. And maybe you go by word of mouth from somebody from the past regime who's in the building still. Whatever the case may be, maybe you do go by word of mouth. Maybe you ask teammate, whatever the case may be. But you just don't know. It's the unknown right now. And guess what? The unknown costs you absolutely nothing. It it, it costs you nothing. It costs you a couple hundred thousand dollars, and that's about it. So if I'm Urban Meyer and I'm coming into this new situation, and is it a work ethic thing? You know, is it a mentality thing? Um, There's a lot of things that it could be. 
But then if I'm Urban Meyer, I, I embrace that challenge and said, I'm going to get the best Josh Oliver that I can get. And you know what, man? If you get hurt again, then that's a life sometimes. It's not always fair. We'll let you go, and good luck to you. Like, you have nothing to lose by keeping Josh Oliver on your team. You gained a seventh-round pick, okay? Who you're going to cut. Yeah, exactly. You don't even have room on the roster. Dontavious Russell was a seventh-round pick, and I had hope for Dontavious Russell. I remember Doug Marone talking about how you know he's a big body, you can't move him out of the gap. Dontavious Russell is now gone. Seventh rounders don't really make it in this league a lot. Now, don't get me, don't get it twisted. Some guys do, and it, it, they're great stories. But percentage-wise, I don't think a lot of seventh rounders make it in this league. So you essentially just shipped off Josh Oliver because you don't believe in him. Man, if I'm a new coaching staff, I have a hard time having that conversation with everybody saying, we don't believe in Josh Oliver, let's get rid of him. Because you haven't seen anything. Well, the thing about it, too, is like, where's the value going to go on him? I, I mean, you could trade him probably in late September when tight ends are getting hurt for a seventh-round pick. I mean, yeah. you might even be it's, able to get more at that time. I, I just, it's peculiar. Like, you're right. They gave up on him. What do we not know, right? What what, what don't we know? But, and there's probably, yeah. well, does, is he not well, going to the trainers enough? Like, sh- what, did he not? But then that's where that, Urban Meyer comes in, Brent. Well, like, I know, but that rubs you, people the wrong way, right? I mean, internally, you've been around it before. No, I, I mean, know, if, man. If you're but, not going to, uh, again, I'm not even trying to label Josh Oliver here. I'm just trying to figure out why. Like, okay. why would they do it? And, and, and could that be like, hey, they didn't think you seriously, you know, that was the, the rub on him. And I don't know. I, I don't get it either. I, I just, yeah. this is a, this is a head scratching move for the value in return. Let's think about this, though, too. So let's say, and, and this is just speculation, or let's say Josh Oliver isn't a good locker room guy for whatever reason. Maybe he doesn't go yeah. to the training room. I don't room. even know how he can be. He's and, been and, like and, and, rehab well, I remember time. talking to him at the Senior Bowl. It was literally one conversation. He seemed like a solid guy to me, but what, what do I know off of one conversation? But let's say that maybe there is something there behind the scenes that we're not privileged to seeing. But then you mean to tell me Baltimore is going to take the Baltimore? Uh, and listen, above all the teams in the NFL that value the tight end and that can elevate the tight end, the Ravens are one of the uh-huh. best teams to do it. And I'm just afraid that I'm going to be sitting here week six, week seven, watching the Baltimore Ravens play, cause probably on primetime because we have a lot of primetime games. And here's this kid by the name of Josh Oliver absolutely tearing the league apart because why? The Ravens got a trade a seventh-round pick from. I don't want to see that. Yeah. Josh Oliver's going to have like 45 catches, six touchdowns or something this year for the Baltimore Ravens. It's going to make me sick. I don't know. It's Maybe they know more. Maybe they're right on this. Here's the other part I would say about Oliver. This is where a guy like, you say Urban Meyer, this is where I think a guy like Trevor Lawrence makes a player like Oliver really pop. Yeah. You know, this is where you're, as a franchise quarterback, as a, as a highly touted quarterback, you can make players better. And so I want to see that. Like, if this kid's got any potential, I feel like Trevor Lawrence is going to tap into that. Yeah. And Urban Meyer, like you said, could tap into that. But they obviously felt like good. It's almost like, hey, we got Joe Cullen, and we took some other guys off your staff. We're going to give you something in return. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. Like, that's the way I feel like this went well, down for the, the and, Jags and the Ravens. And here's the, here's the thing. So we have, like, Tyler Davis, right? He's still on the team, did, right? But. So, like, Tyler Davis, he's still on the team, yeah. correct? And then you got Ben Elfson as well. I think uh, still. Ellison and, and then O'Shaughnessy. But, like, you mean to tell me you're and, more uh, confident with those Man guys as, as opposed to the unknown Josh Oliver? Like, don't you risk it for the biscuit there and see what you got with him? And, and if you're overly concerned about injuries, I mean, come on, O'Shaughnessy's been hurt quite a bit yeah. too. I mean, he, he's he was good last year, but he's been hurt in his career. So I just don't like cutting a guy when you when it's an NA, Brent. I, I really don't, man. I think and we're it costs you nothing. Too much on the Oliver front, but okay. I think a lot of us Wait. are feeling the same thing. Like, okay, well, 
I'm just saying, if he scores six touchdowns next season, I'm not going to be a happy camper. In an empty room, void of talent, you just cut somebody that we don't even know if he has talent. Yeah. And even if there's a plan in place for somebody else, still, I just... It's odd. Yeah. All right, we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Trade up to get Kyle Pitts. Send him the whole draft. <laughs> <laughs> he said it. Uh, we uh, played Little League together. Um, I want to say like in, in six years of playing Little League together, we won like three championships together. So it was it was a pretty cool team to be on. High school, we went to different high schools and uh, different colleges. And then now we're back in Florida together. So it's pretty cool. L- Lakewood Junior Spartans. Go Lakewood Junior Spartans. Shaquem Griffin. Shaquille Griffin. Rayshon Jenkins. Now that's a roster. Rayshon Jenkins. Yep. That's a that's a heck of a roster right there. Do you know who Leroy Jenkins is? It was a big viral video back in the day. Because you're probably too young for it, aren't you? Oh, you know what? Okay, I, I yeah, guess I it's, it's with video games. No, you don't know. Well, all I'm gonna say is this: Jaguars media, or I guess Jaguars game day experience. If you if you want to get some some claps, want to get some likes, I recommend and Kuz, you can back me up here. I think they'd take the Leroy Jenkins video and make it Rashawn Jenkins somehow. Thoughts? They could probably do that. Do you think that that would translate well to, to the game day experience? I wonder how many. Yeah, I wonder how many people would be in on it. Like, I mean, know. I feel like it's. A, I mean, Brent doesn't know, but Brent's never seen anything in his life, so it's not a big deal. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you think that would work though? I'll t- I'll pass it on to the Jags. No, no, because then it's gonna be like you take credit for it. Hey, you know that Leroy Jenkins video? I'm like, yeah, Brent, what are you talking about? Well, check this out. I got an idea for you. I'll pass it along. To you. Thanks, man. Appreciate you know, it. This was your idea, but I've really taken it and run with it. <laughs> yeah, you're really trying to monetize on it now. Uh, so this is fantastic. Shirt, okay, so we got Shock Your Mock season. Tell them a little bit about Shock Your Mock. Yeah, so we know how well, Shock Your Mock shirt first, because I'm gonna get tired of holding <laughs> this up. So we got a Shock Your Mock shirt, and I mean, look at this thing right here. I mean, that's mint. That's that's what we call back home the limit right this there. Is that's I, the limit. This is what I said to Kuz. I said, who the hell would wear this? Yeah, I mean, I, I think my mom wants two of them already. But no, Somebody better a, wear it. I just paid a decent <laughs> change for it. Hey, that, go, hold that back up again. That's Brent after two minutes on, on the elliptical. <laughs> right there. That's what Brent looks like. But no, it, it is Shock Your Mock pollen. season. Or Brent with Fallon. This is Shock Your Mock season. Um, if you don't know, you better ask somebody. Because what we do is we take mock drafts that everyone takes pride in, like it's your kids. You send them to us, and I shock them. And when I say I shock them, I'm ruthless. I make no apologies. Feelings get hurt sometimes. If you need a counselor, hit them up. But I'm going to be ruthless this year, Brent, because it's an important season uh, for mock draft season. So here's the deal. It starts next Monday. Okay. And we're going to do at least one a day. I said the 22nd. Yeah. That's why I got the shirts in on time. We're going to do at least one a day. I like it. Starting on the 22nd through the draft. Yeah. We could do more as we get a little bit closer. And we'll also probably give away one of those shirts. Yes. Each day to who we pick. So. You're not like you got to send them in to us. Oh yeah, on Twitter, and we'll, we'll ask for them later in the week, tomorrow sure. too. And, yep. But we'll keep asking for it. It will catch on. You'll yep. catch on if you don't know what we're doing. Yep. But we're gonna have a lot of fun with it now. And, and don't I be s- afraid to get shocked. You're gonna want to get shocked. Shock and, your box. And if I see one grand dolphin, I'm calling the authorities. <laughs> Trevon Diggs. <laughs> oh, Trevon, don't don't even mention. Don't put him in existence, Brent. That guy, he's. I'm so past him already. Are you doing the mock draft this year for ESPN? I don't know. Some show. I might have got fired. Zach Wilson. <laughs> Number one overall. Mike Tannenbaum's oh, like, no. yikes. We'll yeah. be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.